promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. people that we should be able to give as generously as this for everything comes from you and when we have given you only what comes from your own hand for we are aliens and temporary residents in your presence as were all our ancestors our days on earth are like a shadow without hope Lord our God all this wealth that we've provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand everything belongs to you I know, my God, that you test the heart and that you are pleased with what is right. I've willingly given all these things with an upright heart, and now I have seen your people who are present here, giving joyfully and willingly to you. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our ancestors, keep this desire forever in the thoughts of the hearts of your people and confirm their hearts toward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the end of First Chronicles, so First Chronicles chapter 29. And it's interesting here because just like we've, we've talked about before, First Chronicles is basically a rehashing of, of uh, Samuel and, and Kings. This is a post-exilic writing uh, written after the, the people ha have returned from, from exile or even while they were in exile to try and make sure that they are keeping track of their history. And so we get to the end of David's reign. There, there's not much history here. It's, it's a rather limited uh, book. Uh, there's, there's a lot of genealogies. There's a lot of discussion about different people. And part of this was because of this return to Israel, to Jerusalem. They were wanting to make sure that they had uh, people within the bloodline there, of course, right? And wanting to know who uh, were David's descendants and Saul's descendants and Solomon's descendants and all those things. And the major portion of this last part of First Chronicles, again, just like we have uh, at the end of Second Samuel, beginning of First Kings, is this work to prepare for the temple. The, the, the culminating work that was going to be happening within the life of Solomon, for instance, was this building of the temple. And, and David is doing all this prep work in order to make sure that the house of the Lord is built. And, and during this time, he's, he's donating a bunch of his hoard, his gold and silver and all this stuff that he's gotten from all his conquests towards building the temple, marble, things like that. And it ends up that the leaders of the people join him in this effort of giving towards the temple. And here David then concludes the section with a, a prayer. There's not very much of a, a word spoken of his death. Uh, in First Chronicles, we, we don't uh, have a discussion of Bathsheba or uh, of um, the, the death of Uriah, the, the sins of David, as much as this focus on making sure that the temple is built. Why? Because there's this push by, by Ezra. If you, if you remember your church, your, your, your uh, 
history, uh, Old Testament history, there's this push by Ezra to rebuild the temple. And so that, that tends to be a big focus, especially post-exile, wanting to make sure that the temple, the house of the Lord, is rebuilt and used. And here there's this prayer put in the mouth of David. And it's a prayer that fits very well within what we're looking at this week with our fourth petition, right? Give us today our daily bread. Uh, there's this call to God to provide for us. It, it's this call that, to God that we realize that we have nothing good apart from him. It's this call to God that he is the one who provides us all things, as we talked about yesterday. And here we have David uh, saying the same exact thing saying that after he gives praise to God and, and wants to make sure that, that God is exalted, he, he then says, you know what, okay, well, I, I, who am I to have this opportunity to build this house or to even prepare to build this house or to even be a king in your presence? And, and who am I to, to even think that I'm giving you something? That, that somehow when we give our offerings to God, when we give something to God, that we're actually giving him something. The reality is, is that we're returning back to him that which is his to begin with. That, that there's nothing that you have that was not given to you by God in one way, shape, or form. Things that you purchased with your money were manufactured by somebody else, designed by somebody else, and the gifts of God were given to that person to design and build those things. Never mind the fact that the money that you have is a gift to you from the gifts that God has given you to earn that money. And so here David is doing the same exact thing that we should all be doing. Who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? He's amazed by what his people are giving. For everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your own hand, he says. For we are aliens and temporary residents in your presence as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Our days on earth are that way, but not our days before God. Our days with God have hope. Our hope not being within this world, but with him. But here saying that we're all resident aliens. We're all temporary citizens. Our, our citizenship is in heaven, as the New Testament tells us. And then he, he goes on to say, all this wealth that we've provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand. Everything belongs to you. So there's some sort of symbolic work here in building this house for God. They're doing it with his own stuff. So it's God building the house in the first place. It's God doing the work. And then he, he finishes with verse 18 as a... Well, he doesn't finish, but we finish there. <laughs> Lord God of our ancestors, we names Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Israel. Keep this desire forever in the thoughts of the hearts of your people and confirm their hearts towards you. This desire to return back to God the things that are his and to turn our hearts to him, that our hearts might be confirmed in him rather than in ourselves. And that's probably one of the biggest prayers that we need to have right? One of those biggest prayers for us, especially as we are praying, give us today our daily bread. We're acknowledging the fact that all things come from him, that we deserve nothing 
that God gives to us everything based on his own goodness and grace, his own gracious and good will. And so here we're asking, begging God in our prayer that he might continue to give to us in part so that we can give back to him, but that also he might give us hearts that as we turn towards God, he might be able to uh, help us in doing that exact thing in returning back to him the things that are not ours to begin with, but are his. Let us pray. O God, who gives daily bread without prayer, even to all the wicked, we pray that you would give us to acknowledge your benefits and enable us to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And that is our prayer, right, church? that God might open our hearts and our minds to acknowledge what it is that he's given us. May that be so for you this week. Go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow.